And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Look, if you've listened to this show for a while, you know that I am fully open about the fact that I am a salesperson at heart and salespeople and their roles and what they do have changed so much over the years. And one of the things that I used to do every day when I showed up at work was write 10 handwritten notes and send them out to prospects, strangers, whoever I thought might want to receive what we, what we were sending or what I had to say. And you know, it's a lot of work. And I thought the whole time, I'm like, you know what, if there was just a better, easier way to do this, I still wanted it to be personal and feel like it came from me, not just like a, you know, a, a photocopy. I say a Xerox, like those, do those still exist? Who knows? But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the power of the handwritten note. And I've got a company to, and a founder here with me today that is on our list of Miami's top startups. Now, before I tell you who that is and uh, and introduce him formally. I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's my company. Reach out, go to our website, fill out a couple of questions on our Get Started page, and we will let you know how we can hopefully help you with your software needs. Now, with me today, I've got Jesse Stein. Jesse is the founder and CEO of Audience.co. Look, there's a link in the show notes. Go down and click it and see what they're doing. Some really cool stuff straight out of Miami, Florida. Jesse, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And you're helping you're helping solve a problem I've been wanting to solve for a long time. I, I like to just get things started. Let's hear a little bit about your backstory and, and the company. Yeah, so I've been a tech entrepreneur for about 25 years. And if you have the next... I don't know, 15 minutes, I'll tell you about all the stuff that hasn't worked out, but I've been lucky, <laughs> lucky to uh, do some stuff okay with the help of incredible teams. And the backstory on audience is actually goes back to my grandfather. Because my grandfather, Yudi, was obsessed with writing handwritten notes to prospects and customers. And it's one of the ways that he built his business in New York City. And he and my grandmother traveled to 106 countries together. When they came back, they would create a postcard. And on the flip side of that postcard, he would write a handwritten note to his prospects and customers. And I watched him do this. And then fast forward, when I graduated from business school, he gave me a fountain pen. And he looked at me and he said, with handwritten notes, you can connect with anyone. And then when I started sportsmemorabilia.com in 2005, 2006, bought that as a raw domain name. And with people that are a lot smarter than me, we built it into the biggest autograph store on the internet, the top 500 internet retailer. And one of the ways we did that is we sent handwritten notes to customers. And we noticed that the customers that received notes became collectors like time and again, but the process was just not 
scalable. There's no scale to the process. That handwriting was often embarrassing. We were having, you know, we were writing notes, our warehouse workers, contractors. And so I went out to automate this and partnered with uh, a group of software engineers. And we built these incredible handwriting robots. And they write with, they actually hold real pens and they write with the same pressure, slant, and flow as a human. They even make intentional defects. They write in 10 different fonts. They vary up line spacing and character spacing. And then we built a whole platform. I'll tell you about it later, but where we actually include digital marketing and so forth. But that was kind of the genesis of it. And we noticed that people that receive notes end up keeping and displaying them, unlike any other marketing channel. They keep and display the note and they end up forming a, you know, a meaningful bond with the company and they end up converting at a much higher rate. Yeah, and I, and I couldn't agree more. So uh, for those of you that may not know, I'm 46 years old, and that is a great age to be on both sides of a demarcation line between tech and not tech. Like, you know, I, I, I my first computer had an actual floppy, floppy disk, you Same know, way. so and, and so with that, the, the, the role of salespeople and people that develop business or just business owners or people that want to form relationships in general, I think has gone through a massive transformation. And, you know, things like you mentioned, and I love that story about your grandfather. I think that's really cool. Um, and it, his him impressing upon you the the importance of personal outreach and so many entrepreneurs, businesses are relationship based. And um, if you want to, I'm busy, you're busy, Jesse, if you want to have a relationship with me, I, I don't want your automated crap. Like meaning like, I don't want your just like your, uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way, HubSpot. I don't want your templated follow-up non-personal email. Now those, those have a place, but at the same time, they don't. And, you know, you're, what you guys are doing, I think is really cool because it is still personalized. It just doesn't make me have to hold the pen. Yes. And, and I will say that of those 10 notes that I would fill out, I'd, I'd have to throw at least three or four in the trash because I'm just trying to write them. And, you know, it's like, it was, it was very predictable. I wrote the same thing and I was like, I didn't want to just photocopy it onto the card. So now, now with that, you mentioned some of the the things that that are that come with it, and that's what I really liked about your offering is I can I can create a personalized package that fits my needs, not just what you offer. So I, I want to talk about that for a second too, because I couldn't agree more. Like you mentioned, the holding on to the notes, I would include one of my books. Now, did they actually read them? No, but everywhere I go that I've sent one, I see the my books like around because no one wants to just throw a book in the trash. There's like something like inherently wrong about doing that. So to talk about some of the other customization and the other stuff that goes along to to amplify the power of a handwritten note. Yeah. So I think, well, one thing you need to do right away is think about the note as something aesthetically pleasing. And so what we do is we make, first of all, the handwriting needs to be easy on the eyes. Unlike, and I'm holding up to the screen so Matt can see it. You guys, you listeners can't see it, but it's, it's a note and the handwriting is really easy on the eyes. So make it easy for me to get through and make it aesthetically pleasing. And then you have the front of the note. So we do note cards that fold, that are bifold. So they're actually, you can display them. And what we do is we do a little piece of artwork on the front of the note. And so we do a piece of artwork that typically resonates with where that person lives. So if they live in New York City, we'll do uh, a piece of artwork on the front of the New York City skyline, but that's not enough. So we'll 
put it through our software and it'll create this watercolor kind of impressionistic sort of version that's that's beautiful. It looks like something you would like buy in a little art, art store or something. And because the note is bifold, people end up keeping and displaying that. So that's some of the customization. And then in terms of the text itself, you can just customize it to your heart's content. And then you can drop in what are called merge variables, the same way that you do when you do email marketing through, through MailChimp or whatever. You can drop in the person's first name. You can drop in a home address. You can drop in a price. You can drop in anything you want in an automated way. And what's cool, there's a bunch of things that are cool about handwritten notes and they form a meaningful bond with customers. They're aesthetically uh, beautiful. And then they last much like in high consideration, high dollar purchases, like selling your home, like buying insurance, like e-commerce retailers that are selling things that are more than $200. These are high consideration, high dollar purchases. And so you might not be interested in purchasing that product or service right then and there. But because you've kept and displayed the note later on when you are interested, the person who sent it to you is definitely top of mind. And then the other thing with the handwritten note is you don't need to send many of them. You don't need to inundate people. You don't need to spam people. You don't need to inundate their, their mailboxes with 27 printed postcards. You can just drop a handful of these into someone's mailbox every year to see if they are, if you're a real estate agent, interested in selling their home. If you're mortgage or insurance, interested in you know a policy or in refinancing their home. If you're a roofer or pest control or mold remediation, see if, see if they're interested. But you don't need to overwhelm them. And the last thing I'll say, you kind of uh, talked about this, but like people really don't like writing handwritten notes at scale. You were doing 10 a day. You're my hero. But a majority of people, like after the third or fourth note, they would kind of rather give themselves a root canal with no anesthesia than they would like write, write the next note. They'd rather flip burgers. They'd rather, you know, just do anything at all, but, but write those notes. There's no real intrinsic value to it after you've written a couple of them. And so I think we really save that human labor and, and let them focus on the best and highest use of their time. One of the things that that I I did like about and it's, you know if you're listening go down to the show notes and click the link because there is a really cool video at audience.co that shows the robots and writing it and like they're I mean it's it's legit you know and that's and and that's because they're you know the, the the reality is is things like auto pen. And by the way, if you were a sports memorabilia guy, then that's always the question is, did someone actually sign this? But, you know, the, you look there, there were things that would do stuff like this in the past, but it, 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 the level of customization, it, well, it felt robotic. And that's the thing. I like the merge variables, but the thing that as a, as a marketer or you always want someone to be able to take the next level of, so where do we go from here? I actually just like the fact that you could put a QR code in there. Like you got like a, like a little sticker or something in there that, and here's the thing is like, when I see that in there, I'm like, Oh wow. A person stuck this to that. And you know, there's, I think there's one other thing to consider is, I mean, a lot, most people have really bad handwriting, man. Like it, I, I will be honest. I have seen some of your handwriting and I look at it and I'm like, Oh man, did a child write this? And, and I, I got to tell you, it's not a great impression always, you know, so some of that is, uh, is, is, you know, controllable and scalable and, and you're right. So for me to write 10 notes every day, it took discipline 
you know, and I actually had to have people, I had like people help me with it, you know, like my staff, like we would have it out and ready and know, and just, it was, and it was not scalable. It was definitely not. Um, and I, if I, I often define self-discipline as doing the things that you need to do at the times that you want to do them the least. I'm a pretty disciplined person, but most, you're right. Most people aren't, uh, most people would, if you ask them if they'd rather just write in general, uh, or get beat with a stick, they want to at least see the stick before they make that decision. So, okay. So you've got uh, your, we've had uh, several, we've never had a company like this. I was talking about, if you're interested in seeing my reaction videos that we just started creating to these episodes, head on over to the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. I was actually recording prior to this in a video and I was saying, we've never had a company like this but we have had companies that, so you have an interesting challenge as a startup founder, because you've got an IO, you have hardware and software. You've got an IO, basically an IOT component, as opposed to a lot of us that are pure tech founders that just like have software in a cloud. And that means you've got, well, you've got two, you've got, well, the, the hey, the, ro the, the robots need maintenance, I'm sure they need, something needs to be dealt with there. And now you've got a human component on top of it. So you kind of have three different things you need to manage. Am I missing something? You've got cloud-based software and like actual devices. And then I'm assuming people have to run the robots on some level. Yes. Uh, so they're exactly, there's software and hardware. The robots themselves, there is some direct labor uh, involved. And we have in development a fully uh, automated solution that's going to be pretty cool. And then we've got the software component, which makes it so the pin plotter itself. And by the way, pin plotters are fairly well commoditized. These things, you can buy a pin plotter and have it hold a pin. Your big challenge is going to be twofold. Number one, the handwriting uh, is just doesn't, and we've all received notes, right, to our physical mailboxes that pretend to look handwritten, but, but really aren't, right? Getting the handwriting exactly right, like our machines, uh, no one A is the same. No one B is the same. They're all, they make intentional defects and blemishes and so forth. And you need all these little aspects in order for the human who's reading it, who has antennae behind antennae to pick up on whether something's fake, to look at it and say, yeah, that's, that's human. And so that software component's really important for the handwriting quality. And then the second one is scalability. It's super hard to create enterprise scale with uh, these handwritten notes. And uh, what we've done is built them so they're like a server farm. So we could add a thousand handwriting robots tomorrow and it would make absolutely no difference whatsoever. It would keep track of all the steps and stages of every campaign, all the merge variables, everything. So yeah, from that perspective, it's it's definitely uh, a challenge being, you know, we're pushing atoms in addition to electrons. So we're pushing, you know, we're pushing actual physical mail with physical first class stamps and then and then the software as well. Yeah, and I think that, and once again, if you just for even if just for purposes of curiosity or entertainment, go to audience.co because I I love the video right there. It's front and center on the homepage, and you actually see it going and some of the different stuff that goes with it. Now, it, in, included in your service is actually, and you know, so yeah, and this could change over time. So at the at the time of this recording, it's about five hundred bucks a month to send out one hundred and forty. Uh, handwritten notes, but that's postage. That's the getting them done. Uh, and you've got some other tools in there, which you, I mean, you guys have clearly thought about this because here's the thing is the reality is, is you can send an actual note to someone, 
But if you don't have any follow-up that goes with it, or they look at it and they're like, okay, now what? You know, that's why I like the QR code or something that follows up is an important component. But man, the, the, the time saved uh, is you get to consider the time. And then I, I think really the main thing is the actual act of doing it. Because I've talked to other people that took the, that kind of, these are old school salespeople approach. Um, you know, like, I got to tell you what, like when I first started in sales, just sending a, a, a handwritten note to anybody that came to the store was just like a given, like you were just dumb if you didn't do it, you know? And it's, it's, and then, you know, now, and, and so when you talk about like why this stands out, it's cause that's, this is a lost art. And, you know, when I look at so many things that come up, uh, so our rule with our marketing at full scale and at startup hustle is the moment that whatever we're doing begins to look like what everyone else is doing is when we need to change something. Cause that's, that's the whole thing. Like I, I actually start my day every day by bulk deleting about 25 emails that come in and I never read them. Now this is your chance to stand out. So I, I did have high success. So there was the things that I included, we actually made boxes that said full scale on the outside and they were uh, big, about the size of a paperback book. And then we put a couple, the, the note would sit on top of it. We put a couple startup hustle stickers in there as well. And then write the note and I would write them to software founders and, you know, and like, and this is, it would be along the lines of, Hey, I know you're having a hard time finding software developers. This is a problem that we've solved. It's founder friendly and created for people just like you. I'd love to talk to you about it. That's all you need. That's it. Like you don't, you're not, you don't, unless I'm missing something, there wasn't a contract included to sign. There wasn't a a call scheduled. So we would use a a similar QR code and that becomes kind of tricky sometimes too. Cause you also like, what if you want to send it to multiple places or, or different stuff and make it easy for people to actually take action. And this is just old school sales stuff. Like you want to make, if you make it easy for people to inquire about what you're doing or to contact you or whatever, you're going to just going to get a lot more contacts. But I actually have people that would reach out and they're like, one guy actually just reached out and he, it was kind of like a respect to the hustle kind of thing. He's like, I don't even know if I'm a client. I just thought this was awesome. Thanks. And, but that's the impression that people get. And it's about getting, you know, if you talk about direct mail marketing and stuff like that, they're looking at like how many people actually open it. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, when you've got junk mail, I throw that away. That's the first thing I do when I get home. So how do you get people to open it? It's got to look, it's got to look different. Um, so with all the stuff that you mentioned, like what are your users finding the most success with is probably a, a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. And I love what you did, by the way, with that package. And you can, with handwritten notes, you can hit it with a pretty blunt instrument. Uh, and you, like you, you went definitely the extra mile by, you know, creating the the stickers and and everything else. But what our customers love is the fact that we are digital marketers and we're tech people by nature. We're not. That's why I named the company Audience and not something old school that implied, you know, handwritten notes or, or so, because we're all about taking a cold audience and turning it into a warm audience. That's what we're about. So we're about taking a cold marketing channel and turning it into a warm marketing channel. And so what we do is we use the handwritten note as a Trojan horse. So that's, that's the key is you, you drop in the, in the note, which is super powerful on its own, especially 
if you optimize it like the way we do with the front of note creative and then the actual clear penmanship and the text itself, like that's critical. And they're going to keep and display it and they're going to, re- they're going to reply to it. And then we do the, the QR code label, like you talked about on the note. So you get a lot of scans. And by the way, the, the recipients that scan that QR code, they don't even need to reach out to you if you're the real estate agent or the insurance broker, the e-com person, because we have a little intermediary URL that we ping and then we send a real-time alert to our client, letting them know, hey, Jane Smith, who lives at 123 Main Street in Kansas City, she just scanned your note, reach out to her. But that's kind of the beginning. And if you're just sending the, the handwritten notes in a vacuum, then you're just not doing modern marketing. So the key is to use the note as a Trojan horse. And then what we do is we, first of all, we generate all the leads for our clients. So if you're a real estate agent, mortgage broker, insurance, wealth manager, roofer, pest control, anyone targeting a household, there's 128 million households in the United States, then we can we have 200 plus filters and we can filter down to exactly the recipients that you want to target. Are you looking for, for people 50 plus in a certain zip code in a certain gated neighborhood who have at least 30% equity in their homes? We got you covered. And so we do the actual lead generation. So because it's key when you're sending this, this impression, because it's not an inexpensive advertising impression. So it's the, the targeting of this is, is critical. And we get that right from the beginning. And then we drop in the note and then digital marketing follow-up. So we find all the email addresses of all your note recipients. And we go and we crawl publicly available information to triangulate into their personal email addresses and then their work email addresses. And then we show you a system for automatically following up with people weeks after your notes are sent with the magic subject line, did you receive my handwritten note? And then in the body of the email, it says, hey, Carolyn, I just wanted to confirm that you received the handwritten note I sent to this address, 123 Main Street. Her address is in there and everything. So it's a totally harmless, innocuous email, but it gets a crazy open and response rate because it's no one's ever seen an email like that before. So what, what you're doing here and what our platform does it's a marketing platform. It's not really about the handwritten notes, just kind of part of it. But what you're doing is you're taking the note, using it as a, re- and really eating all the meat off the marketing bones in, in this way. And you're following up by email. It would otherwise be an ice cold email. And instead you're following up and Carolyn is going to open that email now, but we take it one level down or one level up, I should say. We also find Carolyn's LinkedIn profile URL. And we also find the secondary owner's email addresses and LinkedIn profile URLs. So if a home is jointly owned, we'll find all this, all this information. Then we do an automated LinkedIn connection request saying, hi, Carolyn, I just wanted to confirm that you received my handwritten note. And like, as we know, as marketers, it's all about you know, consistency and familiarity. And that breeds trust and trust breeds cash. And so that's what our platform's all about. And then we have a, a whole bunch of other bells and whistles, which I can, I can tell you about, but it's about integrated modern marketing. We're digital marketers and tech people, and that's why we named the company Audience. It's a full, all-in-one marketing platform. Yeah, and I love that. I want to talk about that a little more. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We do tech too, man. Uh, it's it's crazy. You talk about how everything has changed in the world of tech. And right now in the United States, at the time of this recording, there's almost 400,000 open IT jobs that we can't fill. And 
that's what we do at full scale. We work with, we work with tech companies at all stages and sizes to help them build a team of experts. Uh, the average developer, we have 220 people that work at full scale and our average developer has eight years of experience. So, uh, uh, quite a bit of expertise there. Now, one thing that is amazing about expertise and experience, and I'm hearing so much of this in this conversation is, um, okay, good marketing platforms and good tools for selling stuff correct the things that you suck at like okay so and i don't want to get off on a tangent here but okay if you talk to most salespeople, it, surprisingly only 80 percent of them will tell you that they're good which if who are the 20 percent that say i'm not good that's always blows my mind too but in reality like three percent of them are good and uh, it's maybe the top 20% of the top 20%. And I often find myself saying this, successful salespeople do the things that successful salespeople do. And that's about as cliche and uninformative as I can get, but it's about repetition. It's about having, it's like the, the timbre. And the, this is, I'm impressed with the follow-up tools, because here's the thing is if you're not asking people to buy stuff and you're not following up, you've probably watched 80% of your opportunities die on the vine. Now it's, it, it's easy to think that you have this stuff figured out or whatever, but in, and here in 2022, there is tools like people like Jesse have thought this stuff out. It's like other types of marketing platforms. And like, I mean, you, simple things. You would think that you could manually go in and make a LinkedIn connection request, but it's just one other thing on the list and that's time. So this is, this is what I love. I'm such a nut for automation. Like I literally, every time I see something, well, often when I see things written on paper, I'm like, can we digitize this? Now this is a different option. I'm like, why are we collecting paper? I've got, I've got offices in three different cities in the Philippines. Where am I, which office do I keep the paperwork? You know, like some of that's, you know, you're looking at this digital transformation and trying to build stuff, but so many tools and so many things out there, the good ones have already thought about it. They're like, cause you might not have even considered that. I love the automation, anything you can get that now the key is not being robotic. Um, I, I, depending on how snarky I feel that day, um, I use, I sometimes reply to the two or three in mail or whatever requests I get on LinkedIn every day that are like, we, we, uh, we're a company that helps other businesses hire offshore developers. And I'm like, and it's sometimes I, if I said, if I'm feeling snarky, I'll reply and say, you know, I'm your competition, right? You know, and it's, it, it, it's just, it, and it, the, I think you have like zero chance. Like you're not going to get, for me, the people that I want to reach aren't, are, they're not biting that worm. That's, I mean, I just like, that's a bot, you know, and stuff like that. And that's, you have to not feel like that. Now there's places where that's okay. I, I appreciate automation and automated follow-up. I mean, as the founder of gigabook.com, I love scheduling software and stuff like that. And I will tell you for a fact that if you make it easy for people to do business with you, more people will do business for you. So yeah, I, I'm really impressed with the, uh, the thought, uh, the, you know, the, the, the just thinking it out. And I think that that's what a good marketing, any good marketing platform has done that. And then, so how do you keep people consistent? Cause when I, when I look at like, you know, your, your middle pricing package and that's sending out 335 a month? Is it through like your helping people find who to send it to? Or like, 
because I could see people like being aggressive with this for like a month. And they're like, who do I mail now? There are 400 million people in the U.S. I guarantee you've got someone you can reach out to. But how, how do you how do you you've solved so many of the other problems, except for maybe the fact that people are just kind of shitty when it comes to consistency? Yeah, you got it. So we figured that out pretty early on. It's a great question. What we do, what we realize is people just want it kind of done for them. It's like, wake me, right. wake me when it's over. Just, just help me grow my business faster, but I should not be spending time thinking about the next mailer. Like if I'm spending brain cycles doing that, the cash register is not ringing. And so what we do in the onboarding call, and you have a fully dedicated uh, account rep, uh, the person's phone number, everything, you uh, map out your campaign. It takes less than an hour. It's a lot of fun. And you together decide the front of note graphics. Each, each mailer, by the way, in the front of the note has a completely different graphic. So what happens is your recipients end up collecting them all. Uh, and mm. the inside of the note is different. The QR code uh, is different. And we're even varying up the color of the notes and the envelopes and the sizes and, and, and so forth. So what happens is for that middle plan, which you, which you talked about, uh, what we might do is, well, what we always do, but this cadence is, is fairly popular, is we'll choose 800 households, for example, for a real estate agent or other to target. And then we'll hit those households five times over the year. So once every 10 weeks or so. And it, the cadence of the campaign depends on them, how aggressive they are in marketing, how well-known they are, their profession and so forth. But that is a fairly popular one. Well, we'll choose the 800 households. And again, we already have the database and our uh, data quality is incredible, second to none. And so we'll choose 800 households for them to hit. They'll hit those households five times for a total of 4,000 notes over the course of a year. There's nothing they need to do. The notes just go out. So less than an hour onboarding and bam, you've got, you've got your campaign done. And then meanwhile, the email follow-ups and the LinkedIn connection requests are happening. And then you can go Anytime you want to send one-off notes, let's say you, you, know, you just did a house closing, right? You just did a closing. You're a real estate agent. You can go directly to our app. And let's say you did a closing with you know, Jane Smith and you went over to Jane's house with a bottle of champagne. And you took a selfie with her. Uh, and then you want to put that selfie. You want to put that photo on the front of the note. Well, you're walking out of Jane's house and literally on our app in a couple of clicks, you can choose a template directly. So you don't even have to write it. You can choose one of your templates or another winning template. You can create one from scratch and then include the photo that you just took, submit it. And then that note is printed, plotted, stuffed, stamped, sent same day. And then get this, you can also do gifting. And so you can pair that note with a gift. So we have a selection of gifts ranging from nest candles to personalized charcuterie boards to junk drawer starter kits, you name it. So you're a real estate agent, you just closed a, a deal and you send that buyer who's moving into their new beautiful home, a personalized charcuterie board with a note and it took you less than 30 seconds. You can also warehouse items. So you talked before Matt about you like including the stickers and your book and so forth. So you can warehouse, a lot of our clients will warehouse quarterly market reports, books, uh, little pins for VIP customers, whatever it is. And then we'll, we know from all the QR coding, what gifts or add-ons to include in each, with each note. 
And so that makes it super easy because today, think about that process. If you And you did it yourself, right? 10, 10, 10 a day, what do you have to do? You have to pair the note now with the book, with the stickers. You got to seal it. You got to call UPS or run to the post, post office or whatever. And we completely solve that problem. So uh, I, I, I didn't realize you could do the, like the personalized picture. So I, let me tell you about something we do at full scale. So it's, as you, you're in Miami, we're here in Kansas city, but uh, when we launched full scale, which we've grown to 220 employees in under four years. Uh, and here's the crazy thing. We don't buy advertising. I literally do not buy advertising. I never have. We took a different approach that uh, some of it's this show, um, which, you know, full scale owns the startup hustle brand. But what I used to work in the music industry many, many moons ago, and I gained a, a really solid appreciation for experiential marketing. Like you give someone an experience and they don't forget it. So we launched our we launched our uh, business, and with that, we got a suite at our local concert venue. It was then called the Sprint Center. Now it's T-Mobile Arena. They do like 70, 80 events a year, and these are big shows. And uh, yeah, I tell you, like where like where something like this would play in. So we go to a lot of trouble. We're here in the suite. We invite uh, influencers, entrepreneurs, investors, and it's, it's a very non-solicitive thing. We give everyone a plus one. There's only 16 people in there total. So you get like eight people and, uh, you know, eight people with a guest, including someone from full scale, we take pictures and do stuff like that. But I love the idea of being able to actually take a picture of you and your wife or you and, and whoever, and, uh, you know, with the, with the show in the background, and it's a very common thing. And we've even struggled. We're like, how do we distribute these? Like, are we going to send these out in individual emails? And, you know, a lot of people like to, to see that. But I, I see us sending these follow-up notes with that because you talk about just keeping stuff like that. I mean, the, the power of experience is wildly, wildly valuable. And, you know, Jesse, whether you like them or not, if I took you to see new kids on the block, you would remember it, right? <laughs> like, you know, no one's actually liked that band for 25 years, but somehow they still tour. But, you know, what, but my point is, it's like, so here's the thing is you talk about gifting and that stuff, like, okay, in reality, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Like, I know what I'm doing by giving you sweet tickets. And that's just put, that's burning my offering or company in your thought process. So it doesn't mean I expect you to buy from me, but I would appreciate it if you call me, if you're in the mood for what we sell. And, and now here's the thing is that becomes very, very powerful because it keeps you in the game with stuff. And it just really has like, that was wild. So we call it sweet and greet. And I know I invented that term because there was not a sweet and greet hashtag on any platform until we, and it's been wildly successful. Like, I mean, it's, it's literally when we send out the invite links, it's like tickets going on sale, like shows go in like minutes and people are really excited and I'll talk to them. I'll say, well, you know, why'd you come there? It's like, I don't give a shit about this band. I wanted to come see who I was going to be in the suite with. And, but here's the thing is that you can have a lot of fun doing a lot of different stuff like that. Now where we failed was the follow-up and making it personal. Cause like kind of, I don't know, we thought about sending notes and follow-up and stuff like that. And it was just like, how do we make this not like boring? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, Hey, this is, this is my kind of stuff. Like I love, I love doing things that are a little different and it's the same thing with, with books. So I've written three and people, They'll ask me, they'll be like, do you make a lot of money selling your books? No, no. Cause I give, I give them away. 
half the time. Sure, I've sold a bunch of them, but I give them away because that's a whole nother, like, like I said, someone didn't want to throw that away. So it ends up on a shelf. Even if you're using it for a coaster for your coffee, it is accomplishing part of the mission, which is keeping your name, your brand and your thought, like the thought of you. And don't underestimate how quickly people will forget who you are. Like and what you do and what you're offering is. So I, I love the I love the breadcrumb trail to success. So let's talk about the opposite of that for a few minutes before we we end the show. And this has been really fascinating. So what have been some of the what have been some of the challenges, problems, or failures that you had to go through on the way to where you're at now? Everything. You know, as a startup founder, right? It's it's everything. I don't seem to get any wiser with age too. Somehow. But- <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, iterating your way slowly but surely into a solution that customers uh, absolutely love. Where the litmus test for me is would they tell their friends, family, and colleagues about us? So that's kind of where we need to get. And you know, the the road from a, a hope, a dream, and a business plan to rabid fans who turn into volunteer marketers—that's a long road with a lot of snags and hurdles and rocks in the way. And so it's hard, you know, when you're um, on it to kind of stay on the yellow brick road. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of distractions along the way, right? There's a lot of stuff that is what I call the shiny pennies, right? And you want to pick up the shiny pennies because they're, they're great. Like they, it might be a new feature that you want to work on. And you're like, oh, that's great. And you pick up that shiny penny, but that takes you off the yellow brick road. So my philosophy is if it's not a hell yeah, don't do it. If it's not a hell yeah for customers, don't do it. So what our true north has always been and what it was was sportsmemorabilia.com. And then I built a, a $50 million direct to consumer skincare brand and then an interactive agency before that. But the mantra has always been obsess over the customer. As cliche and corny as that sounds, completely. We use, we use the same phrase, dude. Obsessed. We say client obsessed, and that and that's powerful because we are obsessed with our client success. But with that, it actually gives our employees. It creates a purpose driven attitude. Yeah. Because why do I wake up every day? I'm not just a gear or a cog in the machine. And that, I mean, we actually use that internally. We don't we don't say that as much to our clients as we do to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm on every onboarding call. I'm uh, anything it goes wrong with a campaign, which from time to time it does. We're humans. We make mistakes. The platform's not perfect. We're not an age seasoned company yet, although we're, we're crushing it. Uh, and by the way, real estate agents and, and mortgage brokers and insurance agents are actually fighting over neighborhoods with our notes because they back out so well for them. So they're crazy about them. But our true north is the customer. And so, and the great thing about customers is they are always dissatisfied. They have a divine, <laughs> they have a divine discontent, right? They have a yeah. divine discontent that that motivates the entrepreneur. And and of course, when I say entrepreneur, it's a proxy for me and the incredible team that we build this together to obsess over customers. So all of our language in Slack and emails together as a team is all about the customer. Um, competitors, we really don't pay attention to at all. And it's not that I um, think. Uh, less of them or, or anything like that. It's to me, it's just about as long as we obsess over customers and we have this culture internally of experimentation where we're constantly doing experiments and innovating on behalf of customers. To me, that's the yellow brick road. And that will lead you to Oz instead of getting distracted by the monkeys in the trees and the tin man and the scarecrow and the lion. <laughs> 
That stuff's real. I like the shiny penny, penny analogy. Um, you know, one thing when it comes, you got to remember people don't buy features. They buy the benefits that those features create. And I always, I like to, whenever I hear the word features, I always like to remind people that FAB, features, advantages, benefits. If you ever are talking about a feature of something at your business, if you're not following that up with an advantage and a benefit that comes with it, then you're, you're swinging and missing because it really is like, that's the, and, and, oh man, there's a quick example. So I was several years ago, I was at Best Buy and my my wife was dissatisfied with the quality of our pictures on holidays. I was like, I'm going to go buy a fancy camera. And I went to Best Buy and talked to the person there and it was a young kid and he went down like 27 different features. And I didn't even know what he was talking about on any of it. And I left. I didn't buy anything. I went home confused. And I was like, man, I don't even, what is all this? I went back another time to look again a few days later. And there was a, a different guy there. And he said, he said, well, what do you, he said, what's your name? I said, Matt. And he said, well, Matt, what do you want to do? I said, my wife wants high quality pictures on Christmas and other days. He's going to come over here. He goes, look, this does a whole lot of stuff. But really, in the end, the benefit of this camera is it makes it fast and easy for you to take really, really like professional quality photos. I said, cool, wrap it up. I didn't even ask how much it was. Like, I mean, for that, that was exactly what I wanted and what I needed. And he hit on the point, fast and easy. Like that's, that's a benefit that people want to want to hear about. And, you know, I, so with that, you mentioned like the whole active, like, Hey, people are fighting over our services here and there. Like, I want to just remind everyone that when it does come to your competition, for most buyers, it's not about price. It's about quality and it's an ease of use and peace of mind. And you cannot put a subscription price or a value or anything on peace of mind. It is actually the most valuable thing. It's maybe the most valuable commodity out there when it comes to your customers. So a benefit uh, is like, well, here, you can have the peace of mind of knowing that audience.co is doing your prospecting and looking for your next client, buyer, whomever for you while you're out there making making it happen from the other leads that we already generated. And that's, and that's, a, that's how you present a features advantage to benefit. Because it really, in the end, no one cares that the robots write the notes. They care about what the notes do. Like, sure. They're like, cool. This, this is, Oh wow. This machine's doing this. And this is awesome. And this automation is cool. Those are all features. The advantages of it is that you can focus on doing other things. The benefit of it is you're going to do the things you're supposed to do. They're going to be scheduled, automated. Like you go through that. And now, now you have buyers that are listening to what you're saying. So it's not, I just like to remind people of that because I think too many people get caught in a price war to the bottom. And I, I sit on calls with people all the time. They're like, your competitor, you, there's someone else we're talking to that's cheaper. And I'll say, call them up and ask them if one of their founders sold a software company for 150 million bucks. Because that's what you're trying to do, right? Okay, we've done that more than once. So, and, and by the way, I say that and they're like, fine, cool. When can we start? Because, yeah. you know, people want to identify what they, okay, we get it. You've been in my seat. But that's the peace of mind, the peace of mind of knowing that whoever you're doing business with understands it. And like, that's what I got from this conversation. We'll actually go ahead and move towards the founder's freestyle. So I end my episodes of Startup Hustle and I say my episodes because I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in weekly with Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology. They're an Amazon brand accelerator and tune in weekly to join Lauren Conaway of Innovate Her. 
as they talk about whatever it is that they talk about. Great, great hosts, great shows. They've been with us for a year and a half. So that's been a lot of fun. Now, <clears throat> when I say uh, Founders Freestyle, I like to give, I like to end my episodes by talking about what, what some of our takeaways were, or maybe kind of freestyling some of the stuff we forgot to bring up. So, sir, uh, here's the mic. Yeah, I think your point about experiential marketing and your sweet and greet, I think that's brilliant, by the way, that that term and what you did and our handwritten notes, right? The and our platform, right, with the with the digital marketing follow-up, I think the common thread that runs through both of those is the fact that you are creating reciprocity, this feeling of reciprocity among your buyers. And you're doing it in an authentic way. That's the key. You're not trying to work some angles. You're selling them something great that you know they want. And you, in your case, you're taking them to a concert, taking photos and the rest. Uh, and, and by the way, one, one quick thing you might think about for that, uh, I just wanted to, to get it in there, is you might want to interview the plus one and then that person separately asking each one, what's the, what's the thing that you like most about that person? You interview them quickly. And then when they receive the note and then they scan the QR code, it can go to a video where they see the wife talking mm. about her favorite thing about him and then his favorite, something like that, where they just go, where their mind is just blown. It was already blown with a handwritten note and with, with everything else. But I think the fact that it evokes reciprocity in that way, and then the second Second thing that you want to do as, as a marketer in 2022 is you want to make sure that your marketing is integrated. It has to be integrated. So you cannot send something in a vacuum. You can't send a handwritten. That's not marketing. Dropping in a handwritten note is, is not a marketing strategy. You have to then integrate that with all the other pillars of digital marketing, right? You have to integrate it with email marketing, with content marketing, with social media marketing. That's why we do the, the, the LinkedIn follow-up. You get a lot of organic reach on LinkedIn and so forth. And so that's the second one. So evoke a feeling of reciprocity among your buyers and then integrated modern marketing. Yeah, and uh, that's true. And that's that's the, the disconnect that, you know, as I, I think about what we talked about here is one, I love the return to old school. So, you know, I, I obviously know my own situation better than you guys and just, and it's different than you. So for, for me with full scale, like I'm trying to communicate with founders and CTOs and C-suite people. And like in my entire hometown, uh, realistically, there's less than 200 companies that I want to do business with, right? Because I, I have a very narrow scope of who I'm looking for. And with that, if I can be laser targeted, then that's great. Like, I don't want to send out 200,000 postcards. Like, that's a waste for me. Now, I mentioned some businesses aren't in that same boat, but I know exactly who I want to reach, where, how, all of it. And with that, doing, the, the, doing things correctly, you know, like taking the time to, I don't know, sending, just standing out, doing something meaningful. Now, I actually like taking an approach that's non-solicitive. It's like, hey, we're here solving problems. You want to talk about it? I'm, you know, like I, you don't win or lose in that first, well, you can lose in the first uh, outreach. You can definitely lose. And there's too many, like, I'm not even going to get started about how many ways you can mess that up. But 
you know, remember you're in these kind of situations, it's not the note, the note there's, unless there's like a magic thing that you've invented where they can sign up for our service, they're not going to, it just doesn't exist. Like I don't have ever have a first call with a client. I don't, I don't even have the ability to do business with you. I have contracts and other things that have to, you know, you got to pick the people for your team and all that. I just want to get you in the game. I want to get you, I want to get you thinking about us and I want to find ways to stand out. If your business doesn't stand out, I, I'm like you, Jesse, I don't spend much time uh, thinking about my competition because I got a ton of competition. I, I I can't worry about that. I need to worry about us. You know, you mentioned earlier. Uh, so we use the phrase world class, and we like to, and that's our measuring stick. So is our service offering world class? Is our marketing? Is our presentation? Before we hit record on this show, we actually had like a three minute delay because I had to t- retighten my chair. Uh, why? Because if I sat back in it in a certain way, it was making a tiny click and it was just annoying. Uh, would you have noticed that as a listener? Maybe so, maybe not, but I want it to be world-class. It's going to bother me. It's going to make me think about stuff. So I, I, I really want to encourage anyone out there to, you know, it's, some things are good in mass, you know, like when I buy social media advertising for startup hustle, um, you know, I want to reach a big audience. I want to get a lot of impressions, but the whole purpose there, and you hear about funnels and all of this is to try to get down to the, to the basic things. So I have, I, I'm going to end with this and I've created a formula that I think salespeople need to think about. I call it 10, eight, four, two, one. First, you got to find 10 people. Okay. Only eight of them are going to even be, will even let you speak to them or give you any type of attention. Four of them might, might be interested in what you do, two of them might be qualified and you're hoping one is just, you're hoping one of them is actually a possible client, customer, user, subscriber. Okay, so that, that 10, 8, 4, 2, 1. So I'll ask people, I'll say, based on that, if we wanna find 500 new clients, what do we need to do? Well, you take 500 times 10 and if that's the formula, that's how many people we may have to reach out to. Now, like I said, that's hoping. So that actually what I listed, that isn't even right. We're just hoping. So maybe we need to double that. And that's just kind of a basic idea. And the reason that that's important to remember is, okay, I consider myself to be a a top tier salesperson and marketer. And I just defined to you that in my ideal scenario, I'm hoping that one out of 10 people might actually be the right person. Now, in some cases that might be one out of a hundred, but you got to get out there and you got to get to them. And if you can stand out, so if I have a way to stand out and I can double that, oh my God, like that's like, I mean, literally like crazy, crazy improvement, even just like a fraction of, of that is a huge improvement. And, you know, when I look, our average client at full scale spends about $15,000 a month on a whole team. It's worth it for me to send you a freaking book or take you to a show or do something like, and I'm like you, I, I, I do all the calls. If you're listening, you want to talk to me, go fill out the get started page at full scale. Cause I'm the one you'll talk to. And that's part of like, I appreciate that about you doing that. Cause it's easy to be, oh, I'm too busy or I need to find someone else to do that. Like that's that personalized touch. I want to get to know the people I'm doing business with because we service just over 40 clients. That's all we need to do to have 220 employees. But I want to know that they're going to, I want to know who they are too, because our business's biggest assets are people. 
So if I bring in the wrong people and they treat my employees like shit, they quit. And I only hire one in 42 applicants. So every time that occurs, I got to go. Now I have a different job. I got to go find 42 more people. I said that was the last thing I, I wanted to share one other thing. So in the Philippines, they have an Uber like service called Grab and it's someone on the back of a motorcycle. Um, now it's super, super cheap to do it. They have a courier service. So for like $3, I can send something in, in, in five miles in any direction. And part of what we started doing with recruitment is when we had candidates that we thought were hireable, but some, for some reason had disengaged with us, we're actually sending a handwritten note and having the motorcycle courier go drop it off. It's a total investment of four bucks over there. And, and here's the thing, if that gets one more person into into our company to provide services that is significant each time and that's a personalized touch I, and no one else does that so you know like these are just little goofy ways you got to always be looking for them hey jesse i'm really excited about what you're doing and i mentioned i was interested i am going to sign up i wanted to wait until we recorded this show um so like there and i don't do this often i'm not like mr endorsement i have no vested interest and I was not paid to do this or anything like that. I just really love what this solution does. And it solves a problem that especially when the pandemic hit, we just quit doing it. We didn't, I haven't sent out a handwritten note in forever. And when I actually found your company, someone else was talking, one of your friends was saying, Hey, check out my, my buddy, Jesse's company. And I saw the handwritten robot, you know, the, the writing thing. I was like, dude, that's what I've been looking for. So yeah, congratulations on all of this. I think this is a really cool tool. Go to audience.co. There's a link in the show notes. Check out what we do at full scale. And thanks for listening. See you down the road, Jesse. Thanks, Matt. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.